I had been without my Adderall prescription for the last two weeks of the quarter. I'm in sales. Two, last two weeks of the quarter, trying to close the biggest deal I've ever closed without my medication. Well, yesterday, somebody up there was looking out for me in the pharmacy, narcotics, class, whatever, drug world, because I found pharmacy that had it in stock and successfully filled my prescription. And I have been on fire today. <laughs> awesome. Good to hear. I, I'm, I'm glad uh, my drug dealer was able to work, reach out to you and work it out. <laughs> Zeller. I Live from the Twin Cities, we're the Daves, you know, this is the Daves. You won't me. That type of dude And I want to be who you like me to But we both know I can't do nothing at Right, and welcome back to the Dave's I Know podcast. We took a break last week, International uh, Week. There wasn't a ton of things to talk about, Minnesota United related. Uh, there was a, a Merseyside Derby, uh, the women edition that Everton sadly won. But MJ and I watched it together at the Black Car, which was very nice. And we didn't um, punch each other. We did not punch each other. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to several, several times, but uh, we did not. Likewise. So, um, but yeah, so we're back. Minnesota United played some soccer matches. So we have uh, our regular host here. Jess, how was your, how's your last two weeks been? My last two weeks were unmedicated. But today, I was successfully medicated. Shout out to my CVS pharmacy on Valley Creek Drive. Shout out to drugs. Good job, drugs. I appreciate you. Um even though we had a little scuffle about my rip prescription, I forgive you, Jessica, the pharmacist. <laughs> no, Jessica, I'm blast. MJ, how are you doing? I am uh, refreshed after spending a day basically up with uh, Becky and Rat. Who are oh, you? Uh, at, the, oh, you... at the hostelish takeover, you, you uh, went Alaska up... sadly got rid of their hostel uh, recognition, so they don't have a youth hostel anymore for us to volunteer and help clean up and close up for the winter. But Becky and Rat came through, invited several people up to uh, watch the game up in ASCO. And Nell, who has been a guest on the spot, actually was willing to be my travel partner. And you just imagine, you know, about an hour and a half and an entire, you know, day stuck with me, like just how horrible that, so just, you know, shout out to Mel, uh, give Mel a hug the next time you see her. Say, thank you for taking care of MJ. None of us want to do it, you know. Fair enough. Yeah, I've been meaning to get up there. Um, Becky and Rad have a, a pretty cool place. I uh, a brunch, brunch. They're old school, dark clouds. Um, Before my time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you might know, you know, you might know Becky from when she used to work at Blackheart, but right. she was never front of house. No. Uh, anyways, um, I've been meaning to get to their uh, to their place up in Asuka for a long time, so I'm trying to try and make that happen. And then we have, more importantly, beyond beyond myself, MJ or Jess, we have uh, Fish Rap Factory Eastside, uh, mm-hmm. Loons Reporter, mm-hmm. Andy Greeter. Uh, how's hey it going, Andy? It's great. How are you guys? Welcome back. I think this is your fourth time on the podcast now. Yeah, I was gonna say three or four. Yeah, I think it's I think it's your fourth time. So um I'm an Andy Greeter virgin. <laughs> yes, this is your first time with Jess. So you get all of Jess and her all of her glory. Um no, it's not. It is. <laughs> no, it's not. Jess, we we did a podcast at Blackheart. You were That's right, we did. That's, yeah, you're right. You're right, Jess. You're right. Jess Andy. might spend most podcast recording sessions under the influence. That's to be fair. fair, that's fine. Andy Greeter, my years. sincerest apologies. I uh, am so sorry. <laughs> it's all well, good. And, well, Andy's, uh, I mean, obviously, he's on the loons beat. He's also, you're, you're on, are you on both gopher basketball and football for those beats? Or, yep, I, yep, okay. I do both of those too. Yep, okay. So, you're like, you're like right in the middle of it right now. With, I mean, nicely, gopher football. Like they've been playing really well, but they also have an off uh, a bye week this week, right? So you get a little bit of a break, but you only have to do one game as opposed to two games. <laughs> yeah, not two games in the same day. Those are always fun. I, there was one, there was one game a couple of weeks ago where uh, the Gophers played at two thirty, and I was still writing Gopher football stuff as the Loons kicked off in Kansas City. So that was that was super fun. At least when the doubleheaders have come, like on Saturday, it's a split doubleheader as I call them, and I get a little bit of time to have a meal and catch my breath and <laughs> take a little nap. So speaking of naps, that's what Minnesota United did once they took the field. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, what's that's a great transition. This guy seems like he knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, Bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saturday night, late Saturday night, earthquakes two, loons zero. Um, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I also don't want to spend a ton of time talking about this game. Um, mostly because I, I had gone, I, I had, we had, I, we had such a great day on Saturday. Um, you didn't want to ruin it with the loons. Ragnar had soccer in the morning and it was fun watching him run around and play soccer with his friends. He scored a goal, which was awesome. Um, and then Anna took the kids to like a birthday party thing. I went to another friend's birthday party, hung out with a bunch of people that I've known for 20 years. You guys are really popular. And then I, and then I, I went home I was like, oh, I could, I could, I can take my lime scooter from Como Park over to the black car and watch the game. I was like, oh, or I could just go home, just not watch the game if I don't want to. And I was like, oh, I'll do I'll do option option B and just not watch this game. And then around like 830, uh, Ragnar wakes up and just like hacking up a lung, um, breathing really heavy and erratically and all that. And, and you know, just so. Then Anna has to take him to the to the ER. And so I'm like, well, fuck, I'm just I'm up now. Like, I'm not going back to sleep. So I guess I'll watch this game. And uh, that was pretty much what the Minnesota defense did uh, during that game was breathe erratically and heavy and uh, and have a piss poor performance. So I don't know if there's anything either any of you guys want to say about this game other than it sucked. And we have some I have some quotes from Adrian Heath that, you know, and you know, and, and you wrote about in, in your uh, recap of the match. 
Um, but is there anything specific we want to talk about before we jump into sort of like the ramifications of the the gigantic egg that they laid? Jane Sinclair had four just really amazing saves, including right off the get-go, the traditional loons, like letting a good goal ch- scoring chance happen in the first 10 minutes. Uh, so his uh, extended right arm save on Paul Marie was fucking incredible. Um, he made several others throughout the game. Um, and it just, uh, we shouldn't need to rely on him so much. And the two goals were not his fault. Yeah, yeah definitely not, definitely not his fault. And also like very few scoring chances for Minnesota, right? This attack, even with Reynoso is just a non-existent. I mean, there was the one at the far post with Mender. Um, but besides that, there really wasn't a whole lot in the game attack wise. And that's been a problem for this team for six or seven games now where they just don't have anything in attack that is anything to write home about. They're yeah. Andy, to your point, they're all five and one in their last six games. They've got, they've been shut out four times. And yeah. so I think that all five and one since I think was that Debossi went down, I think in that game. Um, and then they haven't won a game since. And so everybody's like, oh, what's Debossi? Debossi, you know, like obviously we're giving up goals, but like our offense also just shut the fuck down. And we have, there's not been an uh, injury. I mean, there's obviously been some, some uh, card accumulation suspension and things like that. So there's been obviously some rotation with the front line, but all the guys who are playing when we scored a, a three goals every game for, you know, for uh, like three or four games in a row there are still on the field. And just, we just have, we just lost our scoring boots. And I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I mean, you talk, you talk to Adrian, you talk to players on the team. Like, is there any, is there any indications as to why it's like, why this has gone so bad so quickly? And so like for so long, no, I, I mean, they don't seem to have any answers and it's difficult to try to find any answers for it. I think, you know, there's been a little bit of shuffling in the front four, but not enough to really be a causation, right? I think Fragapani missed a couple of games, but he's hot or cold anyways. You know, obviously when you when you don't have Ray like you did against Kansas City, that hurts. Um, Robin Lud has missed a couple of games, but He's also been in midfield a lot of times, not in attack. So can't really chalk that up to it. You know, they're, they're doing the same thing of, Hey, we have a new international. Uh, we're going to give them some time to acclimate and, and Mender has one goal. And, you know, I think 400 some minutes now, Luisa Maria is, is also gone cold. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, a collective thing uh, with not a lot of uh, easy answers. I, I, I see Garcia actually making runs though, and like doing things that make sense in terms of like I'm digging him, yeah, getting I am getting the ball. Him. But but there's like I don't know we've talked about several times in the last few matches. Like our midfield is just um, so I don't know if it's necessarily even the attack. It's just our midfield is so porous and just gets bypassed game after game after game, and then also because we don't have a a, a Debasi type, we like. You know, say what you want about Brent Coleman. Um, he's generally will be he's a, he's an average M, uh, MLS defender. Like he will he will do a job as a defender. He's not going to spark offense. Debassi sparked a little bit of offense at least. And Michael Boxo has also looked. I don't know, man. Michael Boxo's looked 
not great the last okay. the last six matches and that 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 first goal or sorry the second goal the um uh Kikinovich goal in the 71st minute he just got he's got worked because that dude he it, number FBC made a great ball um Kikinovich kind of made a, a a fuckery of it and Boxel just did just just was like running next to him like not even not even trying to make a play on on the ball. So, um, Jesse, sounds like you very much want to have a conversation about this. So, I have a question for the group on this exact topic. Well, so given first Debassy, well, no, 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 first Matinier, I would say went down, and that was a great loss. Then then Debassy went down, and that was a devastating loss. And then since Debassy's been out. Michael Boxel was okay for a while, but the last weeks have been sh- pure shit housery from this stalwart that I've come to rely on as a as one of my most upstanding and favorite Minnesota Uniteds ever. But I'm starting to suspect that perhaps I have been giving a lot of credit to box all in my fandom that was perhaps due to bossy in the first place. What say you? When it comes to Minnesota center backs, I would like to say that Debassy made box all better and box all makes Debassy better. They, they were a good combination. And when you lose half of that combination, your chemistry is going to get fucked up. Mm. That's my overarching pick. Yeah, I think Boxy has, has struggled too. I think Brent has struggled as, at times as well. I think Boxy's got two own goals in this stretch and, and both of them were really, uh, you know, devastating. Um, I also think, you know, Boxel has a flights across the world, right? He comes back from Australia and New Zealand and <clears throat> has his entire clock messed up and he's thrown right in there because there's literally nobody else because this team is not – you know, invested in quality backups that are either trusted or are caliber enough to, to be in that spot. And I think that is, is really coming home to roost now. I think, you know, going into this year, you looked at the back line and they were all over the age of 30 and they've all had problems outside of Chase Gasper. But we're seeing those, those problems come back where you don't have uh, youthful reinforcements and quality backups and that's where we're at now is is the situation where uh they they look they look old they look tired here's my cat here's one of my cats hi cat uh, this is a podcast but here we go this is arthur we didn't specifically ask you to discuss cats uh what's no, your cat's name this is arthur hi arthur yeah he looks he looks grumpy he's far from it is yeah. he a Maine coon he's not a man coon he's a himalayan mm. that- the other kind yep yeah. <clears throat> i had like three kinds of cats as a kid himalayan mancoon mancoon and um mutts nice he's gonna um, be up here all day that's our close the office door. that's all right we're, we're, we're a cat friendly podcast bye arthur um Garfield. so yeah. i think i mean honestly the so it's been a it's been a sort of a domino situation with the loons, right? Metnir goes out early. Um, right, because reco- recovers, 
gets gets injured 15 minutes into his, his next game, right? We lost Dotson is, is somebody that played on the back line, mm-hmm. you know, multiple times. Obviously, mm-hmm. Chase Gasper leaves. We have, you know, uh, and Kamar Lawrence has come in and stepped in and played well, but then it's just it's one thing after the other. And the you know, the entire common denominator here is that um Inchy. We had well, yes, I was I was trying to uh, say it without saying it, but yes, you're right, Jess. It, I said it, really, it. You said it. It really is. Uh, and the one thing that he kept saying last year and then early this year is like they they we, that the team has the depth now, but do we have we not ever, at center back? <laughs> have we ever really like we have depth, not at center back? We have depth at uh center forward, but it's like it's Amaria, it's Mender Garcia, and then it's um Robin Lude. Like, is that depth or is that just like you have holes that you can plug with other people, but you don't trust more than 14 people on this roster? Which is that's been then that's been and this game we sub we had one sub that came on in this game. Jonathan Gonzalez came on for Frank Payne in the 67th minute after Underwhelming. after Shay Salinas had scored uh, his free kick goal, um, and that was the only sub that this team made. And and I I know I don't know Andy you're you're in the press conferences with Adrian. Maybe can you shine any kind of light on what he is thinking? What I mean I because. Honestly, I would love to have a, a sit, like a, just a sit down conversation with the dude. I'm guessing I would get nothing because that's you know what coaches do. But I feel like you know you've you've been hanging out with him for you know a long time now. Like, does he, is does there is there method to the madness or is it just like is it just straight madness? I asked him when they were out in Portland um, with Debossi's injury. Uh, what they were going to do at center back going forward. And he said, given the problems that they've had at center back this year, I'm paraphrasing that they're going to have to, you know, reinvest at the position. So it sounded to me with that quote that I'm paraphrasing, you know, really shoddy, but it was, the idea was, Hey, we're going to continue to go with the bossy and box next year. So it seemed like even with this situation, they were going to still ride the same center backs, but given the way the form has gone and the way the defensive issues have been, that's going to change now. And they're going to have to reinvest at that position. So it seemed like it was going to continue to be status quo at that spot when you see reinvestments in attack and in midfield very regularly, every single window, you see new guys coming into those spots. Every window, every window. Exactly. Not even every once a year, every fucking window, they bring other people in. Yeah, right. But you don't see it at, at center back and you rarely see it at, at fullback. So, um, yeah, I can certainly understand the frustration with it. I think a lot of people were like, hey, why didn't we bring in a center back at the roster freeze deadline? And that was the question that I had as well. And talking with Mark Watson, it sounds like they didn't have the space uh, or the roster spots to be able to do it. They had mm-hmm. obviously that happened a week before the roster freeze. So they had a really tight window to possibly do something. But they spent that roster money and those roster spots on Mender Garcia, on Alan Benitez, on Jonathan Gonzalez. So that's where they felt like they, again, ignoring the back line, that's where they made their investments and it came back to bite them. And Alan Benitez is someone who we invested a lot of money in. If I like, he's DP, right? No, he's not. He was also oh. on a free. Oh, um, my bad. 
yeah, so he's he's actually kind of a bargain uh, type of player. But yeah, I mean, DJ has gotten his, his spot back, right? Alan Benitez defending was such an adventure that he's not even playing anymore. It's um, I, I just this, so there's this quote just really irked me, and uh, I think they wanted to win the game more. This is from Heath. I think they wanted to win the game more than we did, and that showed with their attitude. And when you consider what was at stake, it's a pretty difficult pill to swallow. Maybe it's the makeup of some of the people you we've got. Maybe we have to look at that. Yeah, you, the you, sir. Fuck, man. Like seriously, the fuck. Like you're the you're the guy who's who's pulling the strings. And the, the, I think the literally problem, the patriarchy. The, the problem with Heath is that I just don't think he's ever actually uh, acknowledged that he is the you know like drinking the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Adrian Heath. That was deep. Who's getting all Alanon on us? That's that's a Simpsons reference, but yeah, that's you know. all, yeah. <laughs> well, some of us have different backgrounds. And different I mean, Heath, Heath and different is, Heath is the reason I have a drinking problem, but that's that's neither here nor there. So, oh, that's for my therapist to, to me and my therapist about to, that Alanon. Yeah, Re- reader, you have uh, again. I don't mean to put you on the spot oh. no wait i do need, need to put you on the spot yeah it's kind of the deal. in regards to adrian heath we we as supporters kind of see the same song and dance in post-game interviews he likes to throw players under the bus he likes to complain about fans or the media not giving the team enough credit uh have you witnessed a time where he did take responsibility for a game that in a way that was not like positive and, and it wasn't like after win and like i to be honest like to his consistency i don't think i've after wins him saying yeah well i drew up a great great game plan he's not bragging about himself during the wins either but have you seen him take credit for you know for responsibility yeah so there was uh an issue last year i don't know if you guys remember when they had I don't remember off the top of my head, but they had three man advantages for long stretches of games and weren't able to find a winner in those <laughs> I games. Remember that. Yeah. We I mean, remember. Who could forget that that stretch? And you know, Adrian was was putting it on the players repeatedly. And I went to training and asked him directly, Hey, do you take any share of the responsibility here? And he put it on the players again. Um, so and he doubled down. It was, and it was all it was, he doubled down and it was also you know, four or five days later, right? It was like, I understand the heat of the game, um, but he still wasn't willing to take responsibility for it. And I wrote it and it caused problems for me and for other reporters, given the fact that I just quoted him saying that he was putting it back on the players and wasn't taking responsibility. And, you know, there were a few times earlier this year where he did kind of take a little bit of responsibility for some results, uh, and that kind of made me perk up just because it's been everything in the opposite direction when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I think what's also interesting is going back to the substitution thing is, you know, whenever I've asked him about substitutions or a lack thereof, he calls it, you know, an American obsession. obsession. And then if there's a substitution or a change of shape that changes the impact of the game, he's not afraid to, uh, take praise for it and take credit for it. And I think it's, 
it's uh, it's unfortunate that that is how he plays it on both sides of that that type of situation. You maybe can't say the word hypocritical, but I will. Yeah. He's a smug little man, and I don't like him. Ah, uh, that's that's yeah, very standard uh, position of this podcast is that we do not like Adrian Heath, but you know, yeah, I, I knew we would, I knew we would go there, and I, yeah. I hope you guys respect. Respect your impartial line. I think I've, I've shared a few things, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I, we understand. The, yes, absolutely. You you say what you can say, and what you can't say, you know, we can talk offline. It's it's totally fine. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Anything else from this game? Otherwise, I think we should just jump into Jess's post match hot or not review. MJ, I want to mention my fun fact, and that is we have not lost to San Jose since 2018 when we let in that record number of goals, however many that was. We have our record before last Saturday was four wins and two draws and zero losses. You know who wasn't there? Matias Almeida. Adrian Heath just feasted on Matias Almeida's man marking and just yeah. or, had or, his number for years. Or, Fra- or Frankie Calvo, by the way. Yeah, right. That him too. Him too. That dude was good for uh, at least one uh, crazy play where he tried to do something insane and either got a red card or uh, put the ball in his own net. So I, I saw that uh, Mr. Frankie Calvo had an Instagram story today about his FIFA uh, ratings and also oh, is, he, is he upset about it uh, why well, I, I don't speak spanish and i didn't take the time to translate it but he seemed like he was both upset in how he looked it doesn't really look like calvo and also he had a n- bunch of numbers in the 60s and it seemed like he was i'm assuming taking exception to both <laughs> uh, clearly i mean honestly like i wish for my children to have the fucking confidence of frankie calvo because that dude is just it just has confidence. And I'm like, I have a lot of confidence. I'm, I'm a pretty confident dude generally, but like, man, I do not have Frank Cavo level confidence. Like that dude has confidence for days. So, uh, all right, just post-match hot or not review. Let's go. All right. I just want everyone to know at the viewing, those listening at home and not viewing because this is an audio medium. And I'm wearing black today because this <laughs> is a not hot day in podcast. My Dave being, being a Dave, I know it's a difficult day. Anyway, let's get into it. Not hot. ERs, taking kids, yourself, significant and or insignificant others, it's all about as sexy as an anal fissure. And I just want to give a big shout out to my man, Ragnar, who spent this match getting roided up. And um, big ups to you, little man. Love you. He, he had a better time uh, getting roids than uh, he would have had watching this game. That's for sure. So, But thank you, Jess. I appreciate it. In related news, also not hot not incorporating any new hotness just one sub we got we just got one sub and it was a boring underwhelming sub at that and all i want to say is where the was nico hansen he could have come in 
if he if if Inti is gonna throw Abu Dhabi about like he's a legitimate sub at this point to score, sit down and put in Hansen first. Give this kid. He's like an antelope. He runs. He shoots. He scores. Let's do this. I just. It's like Inchi doesn't even listen to me. Not hot. Counting down the clock from the first goal scored, cringing through their second goal scored. And then literally, I, I could only have one drink at the Blackheart because I had to drive. And then just literally praying and let me remind you again that I self-identify as 75% atheist, praying for the game to be over, for the whistle to be blown, so I could go home while playing a mindless, soul-sucking game on my phone. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is not hot. This is Ben, yours truly, nine or two. Yeah. This might be the first ever time that there's not been a hot. That's a. That's, you are so observant, Zeller. It's it's what it's what I do. It's kind of my job. So, um, hot less. Yeah, yeah. The hot hot less. Yeah. All right. So let's. I mean, yes. If we if you want to, we can talk a little bit more generally about the Loons playoff chances because. In spite of everything, they still control their own destiny. And Andy shaking his head. I'm like, but every every other result, with the exception of Vancouver beating Austin, went the loons way. And if they had just won, they'd be in the playoffs at this point. Um, however, they did not win. And their performance of late literally has tied a club record for the worst six-match stretch in the loons MLS existence. This includes... 2017 people and 2018 when they were shit uh six games one point is is terrible and should definitely disqualify you if you ever have i definitely feel like if you have uh a six game stretch where there's 18 points unavailable and you get one point you should be disqualified from the playoffs period like just be kicked <laughs> out they should just have less playoff teams and give another team a buy because that is how fucking bad the loons have been um as i mentioned earlier uh four goalless matches in the in this six game stretch but but we still control our destiny and in the, if things go right on saturday on sunday we could host a playoff game that is still on the table how fucking insane is that yeah it's, it's not a it's not a race to the playoffs, man. It's a retreat. It's yeah. Like it's just incredible the fact that, like you like you let out laid out Zeller. It's just to be this bad and to still be in a playoff spot and to be this bad and to still have a chance to host a home playoff game is just insanely lucky. There's just no other way to put it. They should be buried. They should be eliminated at this point. But teams around them continue to struggle as well, and that's why they're in this spot. I think if you see. Um, LA Galaxy, Nashville, and Portland not get either have a draw or a loss, and Minnesota wins, they'll move into the four spot. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to they need to win or draw against Vancouver to get in the playoffs. 
Um, so it's it's all right there for them. And if they get a couple of breaks in three other games, uh, there could be another playoff game in Minnesota. Our, our good friend Rodrigo uh, tweeted out today, like hey, if if Minnesota Minnesota loses on Sunday, will will people boo in the Wonderwall? And lots of people are like, yes, 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 yes. I'm like, listen, I, I responded to him. I was like, if we draw and make the playoffs, I'm still booing because that is the, the worst fucking way to get into the playoffs. And I know we did it last year. We kind of, or no, we, yeah, we drew, we drew our way into the playoffs against the LA galaxy because other shit went our, went our way. Um, it's not the way you want to go into the playoffs. And yes, I, and that's the thing about MLS is that, it is the playoffs, right? If Reynoso decides he's, you know, going to start being on fire and the dude is like, is like putting passes into perfect spots and Fragapane is not on one of his uh, shit streaks and he's on one of his good streaks. Minnesota has a chance to like to win the West, but should, I mean, should that be the case when they've dropped, you know, 17 of the possible 18 points in the last six games? Like it turns out, when we like after that last win in August, August 27th, I believe we, we haven't won since August 27th, that all we needed to qualify for the playoffs was two points. We have one point. That's a, that's a damning fucking stat right there. If I've ever heard one. So. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, MJ. Uh, tell us. I know there's 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 other MLS stuff that's happening. Um, there you have some, uh, some shades of similar colors on the pitch thing in here. What's going on there, bud? You know, rarely do I have time to indulge myself with games outside of Minnesota United in MLS. But I just want to say, MLS, what the fuck is up with allowing two shades of similar colors on the pitch? This is not hard. There are FIFA FIFA rules and recommendations regarding what colors kit should be. Now, I know that pragmatically, a lot of it has to do with, can the players on the two different teams know who's who? But- Who can it be now? But more important than that is also not giving your television viewers eyesores. Like that should also be a high priority. On April 24th, Inter-Miami played Atlanta United, and you let Inter-Miami wear pink. They're the home team. Fine. And then you let Atlanta United wear their red and blacks. Pink with red and black. Horrible. On August 26th of this year, you let Portland, Forest Green, host Seattle in their neon green. This is a typical occurrence in the Cascadia Cup things, where they're both wearing green on a green pitch. And that's three different shades of green on my eyes it's horrible and most recently october 1st you let san jose wear the royal blue and minnesota united wear sky blue minnesota united just wear the black kits it's not that fucking hard like why do you have to do this accessibility standards for contrast levels i mean it's just it's an assault on my optical nerve and i'm sick of it amen brother I love how you got all these receipts too. It's great. It's not just a rant. It's like, it's a fact based. Here are all the exhibits for why my argument. Yeah, it's the opposite of Andy. I love it. That is some real conviction. Me personally, I didn't feel like it was like 
hard on the eyes, but that's just me. I felt like I could tell one team from the other. You're kind I could of tell one team from another, but it, it, it hurt. It okay. hurt. It was painful. This is this is the MJ Anon shit that we're talking about. Uh, Andy, no, this is not honestly. MJ Anon. No, this is not. This is legit. Outvoted. Yes. Oh, it totally is. Uh, uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. I believe you support such thing. I do. I do. Uh, all right. Boom. So de- decision day. Uh, RSL hosts Portland. Loons host the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, both those teams, you know, eat, both those games win and you're in. If both those, if either of these four teams win, they're in the playoffs. Um, there's obviously other scenarios. Again, Loons could still actually host the playoff game if everything goes right for them, uh, which would be Galaxy and Nashville dropping points, as Andy mentioned, and then uh, the Loons winning. If the Loons just get a draw, they they cannot host a playoff game. But man, it's a fucking MLS, man, right? Am I right? Fucking MLS. What abs, yo? And then uh, MJ, the Seattle playoff streak is finally over. The the it's been dispensed. You know, I want to give credit to Brian Smetcher and the Seattle Sounders for winning the Concacaf Champions League, and then in the same year, blowing their playoff streak. Uh, since they entered the league in two thousand nine, they have made the playoffs every single year, except twenty twenty two. Yeah, uh, R.I.P. Seattle. I mean, I'm sure that they they will not be no longer a the mecca of of uh, American soccer. So, because they missed the playoffs one year. So, okay, um, we're <laughs> just just created a, a very fun game for Andy Greeter. I Andy, <laughs> I shared you I shared you the link for oh. the for the notes in the chat. Um, She's got a, a, I'll let it just explain it. Just go ahead and explain the game. This is called Visual Trios Quiz for Andy Greeter. Okay. Pick a moss. Do you have access to the, have you, can you, do you have access to the uh, Google Doc? I can also it? share my screen. You could do Did that. Send it in... I threw in, I threw in the chat. Um, in Zoom. Oh, yeah, in, in, the Zoom. In, in the Zoom oh. chat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I see it now. Sorry about that. No, no, no. That's right. <clears throat> when we do Zooms with Adrian, he usually doesn't share notes with me, so I'm not familiar with this. All right, um, here we go. Um, so right. Scroll down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Wow. Who, who do we even have on this? What is this? Let me tell you. Okay. I will tell well, you. Okay, so... Somebody said something about Hocus Pocus on the Twits, and I was inspired because there's a trio in the Hocus Pocus, you know, the three witches. And then I was thinking about, I should ask Andy Greeter to identify which witch in Hocus Pocus each of the Daves would be, in your opinion. Or just for funsies, based on the picture, just make free associations if you want to uh, then, i don't know i don't know the first thing about hocus pocus or any of these people in hocus pocus okay well then we'll skip hocus pocus because clearly that was not the pop culture reference clearly i'm winifred Zeller, i can't so... hear you you're, on... you're winifred yeah clearly i'm winifred yes that's the blonde no that's the red that's that's bet midler 
Oh, really? Well, MJ's definitely the blonde then. Yes. MJ Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I've never seen the show, but yeah, I'll go along with it. It's a movie, okay. MJ. And it's got a see it's got a sequel, and you should fucking recognize it, buddy. Please. It's an amazing movie. It changed me for the better, obviously. Okay. Andy Greeter, are you familiar yeah. with the Powerpuff Girls? Uh also no. Salt and Peppa and Spinderella. Yes, I, I'm familiar with them. Okay. Who's who? He's got yeah. he's got to, he's gotta say who's who yeah, okay, cool. Um yeah, I don't know anything about the personalities. What MJ's Peppa and Zeller's salt, and you're I don't know. I just identify from left to right, sir. Okay, back to the Google Doc. This is going really well. Um left is MJ. Uh, center Zeller and right is Jess. Correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. This, 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 this is really good audio content, by the way, Jess. I'm just. I'm just I, we're gonna post it on Twitter. Just you can cut it out of the audio feed if you want. Okay. You are the editor. All right. Three is company. Um. Uh. Let's, can't believe we're doing this. Um, I was it. It's Susan. It's not Susan. It's Susan Summers. Suzanne Summers. Yeah, yeah. Suzanne Summers. Um, who's the who's the dude in that? Who's that's that? Jack. That's Jack, that's the immortal Jack Ritter. Jack Ritter. Andy. Um, yeah, John. Or sorry, John Ritter. Yeah, not Jack. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zeller is John Ritter since he's so infatuated with him. Um, uh, and Suzanne they kind of sound is, the same. Yeah, Susanna's Jess, and then the other woman in Three's Company. Or yes, whatever that thank is. you. The the one that's underrated, but nobody knows. That's me. She's the smart one in Three's Company. The three amigos. Yeah. Um, Zeller is Steve Martin. Chevy Chase is MJ. And is it Mark Short is Jess? Hey, I, hey, I knew somebody. All right. <laughs> Hey, I'll take, that? Yeah, I'll take that one. I'll take Steve Martin. He was the good one in that one, in that movie. I, I can't argue with, with that assessment, reader. That's spot on. Okay. Yeah, I agree, too. That's two out of however many. Yeah. Um, this is Destiny's Child. Yeah, Jess is Beyonce for sure. Um, was it the other, was it the one on the left? What's her name? Kelly Rollins. Kelly yeah. Rollins. Fuck you. I know. I know Destiny's Child. Yeah, you Michelle would know is, the backup yeah, okay. name. Zeller, Zeller gets to be the one that he's most convinced <laughs> to be. And then the third one is MJ. It's Michelle Williams, and that's MJ, yes. Okay, great. And we're done. Also correct. <laughs> All right. That was, that was a struggle for me. <laughs> Thank you for playing, Andy Greeter. Yeah, that's uh, hopefully that gets cut from every sort of uh, outlet possible. Uh, of course it will. Um, other United news. Uh, Reynoso signs a new three-year contract with the club with a club option for the a fourth year. Is that correct? Three years with a fourth-year club option? Yeah, I think 26 is the option year. Yeah. So, so. It would have been – he was uh, had a one year left on his deal and a one-year option. So, essentially, it's 
It's two more years. Um, he's going to get a, a significant raise. I think he was 82nd in the league as far as highest paid. He's obviously better than 70 of those guys. Um, right. So deserve, deserve <laughs> a raise. So yeah. um, that's coming his way. So very, yeah, very good. And um, it, obviously, if he wants to try and go to Europe or something, like this gives the team some leverage as well. So obviously, you don't want to be playing out your last year on a contract. It sounds like there's been some interest in Mexico and back okay. in South America again. So I think okay. this is, he, he wants to be here. Uh, he likes having his family here, but there's been other interest on this continent. Cool. Um, Azil Jackson was named to MLS next pro best 11. Well-deserved. I think, I don't know how much how many, so uh, next pro games you got out to Andy, if, if any at all, honestly, with your schedule, but uh he was definitely one of the better, but one of the best players in that league and, and deservedly best 11. Yeah, no doubt. I, I saw him play, I think three or four times. Um, I think it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. I, I don't know how much they view him as a first team player at this point, um, but that he's also under club control for, I think three more years. So um, they're going to give him opportunities to develop. I don't think they're, super high on the level of the league. I think a lot of teams in that league were playing a lot of youthful guys and Minnesota had more, you know, true second teamers and even some first teamers out there. Um, early on this year, Adrian was, you know, wondering if he was going to be uh, a day-to-day professional or not. And uh, sounds like he was better in that kind of bring it every day way. Um, but yeah, there's been interest from other teams, but he's under club control and, so want to see him develop. I, I don't know if he's going to be an MLS guy, um, but uh, we'll see. He yeah. led the, the league in key passes with, I think, 71. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty impressive. And he had 10 goals on the year. Yeah, the, for sure. The next closest on the key passes is uh, Cesaro Pompeo from St. Louis at 46. So yeah. <laughs> 71 key passes, pretty pretty huge as far as in that attacking midfield. Yeah, I think I think people were wondering, obviously Adrian doesn't play a lot of play a lot of guys outside of his key guys like we talked about. Um, but AZ was on a season-long loan, so it was impossible for him to to come up and play. They've obviously MLS has weird rules and MLS Next Pro has weirder rules just like their their top league and he wasn't eligible to come up and play at all because they put him out on Season-long loan, uh, there was a weird kind of roster spot. He was in the 31st uh, senior roster spot, and that meant that he was on a season-long loan, and, and that kind of sealed the fate for AZ to never play for the first team. So, Do you think that will be different next year, even though yeah. you said they're probably not high on him being a first? No yeah, I, yeah, I think I think they, they wanted to give him a year to kind of develop. I think, you know, he showed that he could play at that level, so probably not in that 31st spot. Um, so, yeah, I think they want to have – flexibility for him to be able to come up and potentially play for the first team. I don't think they'll put him in that spot again. And that's, and that's just a, a MLS plus MLS next pro roster rule thing, right? Like that's just, cause yeah. I know, I know, I know people were asking about that and been, have been asking about him for a long, the longest time. Like why, why, why is Azil Jackson not on the, on the first team roster, at least on the bench of nothing else. Yeah. And I, I think it was, Obviously, they were building the roster rules for the league as they were, you know, flying the plane. Um, and I think that, you know, they 
found out that this was the situation and they're like, Oh, okay. We've put a player there that is, you know, MLS next pro best 11 obviously has, has some talent. So um, yeah, I think it was a weird fluky rule that they kind of got uh, in a, in a difficult spot with, with that. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, all right, cool. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will discuss some Minneapolis city news, uh, some gopher soccer, Minnesota Aurora, and then uh, preview the Vancouver match, the, the, the ultimate match, the, the final, like when you're in with uh man on the man about town, Minnesota United guru, Andy Greeter. Uh, we'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we both All right, and we are back. We have Minneapolis City Minute, which we haven't had for a while because there hasn't been a ton of Minneapolis City news. But MJ, we have some news uh, and we should get people engaged with Minneapolis City. It's the off season, but you can buy your membership for 2023. And you're like, well, why do I want to do that now? Isn't 2023 like a long time from now? And they don't even play in January, so they don't even start play till April or May, why would I need my membership now? Well, there's a vote going on and only members are allowed to vote. So they played in three different leagues this year. Uh, we are voting on which leagues to play in in 2023. If you want to be a part of that vote, go out there and buy your membership. It's not hard. If you want my, the- if you want my, uh, my thoughts on playing in three leagues, my my other yes dm me i will i will yeah and or buy me a beer at the bar next time you see me and i will i will give you my thoughts on all all of that um yeah has thoughts and feelings about this it's an important vote and i really would encourage as a minneapolis city member uh to as many people as possible to be a part of this vote because it's there's we the the front office has met with members several times over the course of the, since in the, like in the off season. Um, we, I literally, there's literally a meeting tonight for us to all talk about, uh, you know, and ask questions of the front office. And there's been other conversations and stuff. Um, this is a team like, you know, unlike Others. Minnesota United that I'll say it fucking Minnesota United, like listens to the people that are supporting them. And cares about, you know, and I'm not saying that Minnesota doesn't care about their their biggest fans, but this team listens to the fan base and um, reacts to how they're interacting with. Andy, have you ever been to a Minneapolis City match? I feel like I need to get you to a Minneapolis City match, man. I need to, yeah, I definitely need to get out there for sure. Yeah. So they're, they're I mean, it's they're totally different. Obviously, right. Minnesota United is, is a is a for profit organization. Minneapolis City is very much a, a 501c3. Like they literally are a 501c3. So but the, the atmosphere and the experience just has been a couple times now. MJ's I'm buying mine right now. <laughs> MJ's a, a long time season ticket holder. I'm a long time season ticket holder. Minneapolis City is it's a just it's a different experience, but um yeah, sure. and uh it, do they play at Augsburg? They do. They play at uh, Edward Arson Field, 
uh, over on the West Bank there. My so. alma mater. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So please join. Become a, a Minneapolis City uh, member. You get tickets to all the games, uh, both their UPSL games as well as their uh, USL2 games. And you get to have vote on whether they should do things like join a league. You get a membership scarf every fucking or, year. Or vote. You get to also vote on like. Years get, on them. I like it when they have the years on them. You get, you get to vote on what the membership scarf should be. Things but like I that. So. Yeah. But, you know, you can also, you know. What do you guys canvas, can, for? Canvas what, other what, people. At what year will Minnesota allow its season ticket holder members to vote on scarf designs? And it's only $79, you guys. It's in my Shopify cart right now. <laughs> Just pull the trigger, Jess. I'm doing uh, it. Do I need the opposing games, the away no. games? No. Speaking of lower soccer, go for, go for soccer. Uh, yeah, in the not, 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 uh, Sorry, sorry. Not lower soccer, um, other soccer. Yeah, uh, our our Gopher women are have a relatively good season, um, except for this weekend, this week where they kind of did not do well. Yeah, they uh, recently uh, lost uh, home versus Michigan. Michigan's very good. They held their better players uh, well and only lost one nothing. Um, just really good uh, defensive effort. Um, and the 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 header that was scored, I even forget her, her name. Oh, I shouldn't though. It's uh, Hawkinson, Meredith Hawkinson, <laughs> Luke Hawkinson's sister from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Mm. She's the one who Minneapolis the, City's own. Yeah, Luke Hawkinson. For once a crow, Luke Hawkinson. Uh, now with Nashville. Uh, anyway, yeah, his sister Meredith Hawkinson. Uh, it it really was a very opportune uh, kind of fluky header. Off, off of a weird set piece that they allowed in, uh, not to take anything away from the very talented Meredith Hawkinson, but it was uh, right place, right time. And, uh, but yeah, to Michigan's credit, they didn't uh, allow any, any go for goals. Um, it was a fun game, glad I went. Um, and then they went to Madison and for those that don't know, Madison's ranked. Uh, Madison is uh, where uh, Rose Lavelle went. It, they have a very good soccer program there. Uh, they're 23rd in the country, um, and they only lost 2-1. So uh, the silver lining for the Gophers is that Amelia Brown, younger sister of Izzy Brown, who was scoring a lot of goals for the, the Gophers, um, Amelia got her first Gopher goal um, on a nice assist from McKenna Beisman. So good to see her get on the score sheet. Um, this Sunday, they play at Elizabeth Lyle Robbie Stadium, 1 p.m., Versus Iowa, and I will ask Andy Greeter, who hates Iowa. We hate Iowa. Thank <laughs> you. Um, is uh, is the Indiana result probably their best one of the year so far? Yeah, I would say that. I that's probably the their most impressive win. Okay. Um, they the the they started the year off with a one one tie at Baylor. That's probably like nationally a, a very impressive result. Just. Sure having the one, one tie at, at Baylor, but, um, but yeah, uh, uh, as far as big 10 wins three, zero, uh, against Marquette uh, is not big 10, but like 
three three zero against Marquette and three zero against Iowa Indiana are are their two recent impressive victories. So we we need to get Andy Greeter to a uh... go for game. Go for game. I mean, he, he has to go to a lot of other Gopher games, so I don't want to go for him out. But Andy, if you would like to attend a Gopher game with no press box responsibilities, you know, yeah, that, that sounds good, man. I'd love to sit. In the this, crowd and it looks out. like the, this weekend, one p.m. versus Iowa. You can get out, you can leave, and you can be over at uh, Allianz exactly. by four. Yeah, you know, so sure. you can do both. Absolutely, I feel like that makes a a ton of sense. You, you, Andy, I'm just I'm trying to get you on that Lavelli Neil track of being like the you know just like the the writer of of record for sports in uh, in St. Paul. So yeah, I'll I'll I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I love it. I I appreciate it, man. I I enjoy I enjoy what I do. So I and I want to keep doing it. So I appreciate the support. We also enjoy what you do, Andy. So that's the Thanks, guys. that's the really good part. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Minnesota Aurora is still on the news, MJ. Please yes. tell us why. Well, their supporters group, Minnesota Revanchelet, is having some off-season get-togethers under the title of Get the Scoop on Revanchelet. You should go because who doesn't like ice cream and who doesn't like learning more about supporters groups? So this Thursday... At October 6th is at Dream Creamery in Northeast Minneapolis. October 13th, also a Thursday at BBZ in Malcolm Yards, Prospect Park. And then off for MEA weekend, Thursday, October 27th, uh, Cold Front in Highland Park, St. Paul. So pick one or pick all, go to all three. I mean, I don't know how much you like ice cream. I don't know how much how much you like Minnesota Ranchlet. Like, who doesn't like learning about more supporters groups for women's soccer? Just, you know, come on out. Amen. What is BB Zito? It's an ice cream shop at Malcolm Yards. If you don't know about Malcolm Yards, it is the the market area of of kind of food outdoor sh- uh, restaurant market near Surly Brewing. And so one might call these ice cream socials, if you will. Yes. <laughs> That's right. I went to Malcolm Yards before the uh, national show a couple weeks ago. It's a good spot. It's fine. That's not a compelling review. No, I said it's a good spot. It's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Get, get, uh, get, get, get the momos. If you like uh, Tibetan dumplings, get the momos. Tibetan dumplings. Yes. Interesting. Please, please explain Tibetan dumplings. They I, are wheat flour based dumplings with things like you know chicken or lamb or vegetables stuffed inside like a meat and, pie so dumplings yeah like i don't know like or, every or meat pies dumpling, right you know you have the pierogi you have the empanadas you, you have the you know your potato dumpling you know uh pot stickers like mm-hmm. yeah these are tibetan dumplings if you like dumpling like things you should get get some momos at, at Nelfi Arts. Okay. Nom nom. All right. So let's jump into it. Uh, we have the Vancouver match on Sunday, 4 p.m. I have more food thoughts, though. No. 
I mean, I know you do, MJ. I, I, How many pickled jalapenos? That is the that is the least surprising statement you've ever said on this podcast. I have more food thought food thoughts is literally <laughs> the least surprising thing you've ever said. Uh, all right, Vancouver. Um, anybody that we're concerned about? Vancouver's on a run right now. I think they've won three in a row, if I'm not mistaken. All at and, home. Uh, they were all they were all at BC Place. They played three games in a row at BC Place right before the end of the season. Lucky. But most impressively, they beat Austin. Now, I mean, we beat Austin too at home. But I mean, like, if you look at where the standings are, they beat Austin two to nothing. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. Go ahead. No, I I I, I didn't know that they had three straight um, three straight home games. That's kind of fortunate for the schedule makers to give them that i mean brian white right i mean is that kind of the yep that guy yeah that guy, guy right um yeah i don't think it's i think it's more about you know what minnesota does right i think that's what it is i think they'll be they should be the favorites at home to be able to get at least one point obviously you know when you've got a, a negative 12 goal differential in the last six games uh you should have pretty low expectations of, of what this team can do but you'd still think that they could find a way to get one point at home with their season on the line. Yeah. I'd also throw out Ryan gold and, and Pedro Vite yeah. who scored Ryan gold scored the first goal and uh, their win over Austin uh, this past weekend. And Pedro Vite is also like, they have a, I mean, yeah, those are not names that generally most Minnesota United fans or, Honestly, MLS fans should know, but they're just people who are competing and doing their jobs and doing their jobs really, really well. So Julian Gressel, too, is a pretty. Yeah. Someone that Minnesota United fans should we, know is. Former, we could have drafted Julian Gressel, yeah. by the way. Former Atlanta United, former DC United, never for Minnesota United, uh, Julian Gressel. Mm hmm. Yeah, we've had several cracks at uh, that Julian Gressel egg and, and never once uh, made it happen. So, yeah, I mean, just because they brought back Abu Lati, I think we need to talk about the fact that Jeremy Iboisi has 16 goals this year. He's got <laughs> 45 in his career. Abu's got like 16. You know, then they brought him in and they talked about unfinished business and you know, I think they let their egos get in the way of, of what they felt like Abu could provide. And for him to go out the way that he did, if that's the last game that Abu plays for Minnesota, it's quite the epitaph to be able to get a yellow card as a second half substitution. Nearly should have got a red card in that game and then subs out of the game after, what, 20 minutes? Uh, that's quite the uh, the obituary if that's the end of his, of his time in Minnesota. Great kid, but just – deserved fewer chances in Minnesota than he got Andy. All right. Th thank you for teeing me up for this fucking rant that I'm about to go on. Uh, when we have that first choice in that draft, I was, it was, everybody's like, Jeremy, I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. The only fucking person in the entire world who had a, a, an opinion on that goddamn fucking draft was Ivis Galarsson? Ivis Galarsson was like, "Oh, it's gonna be Abu Dhabi," and everybody and everybody else was like, "No, that's stupid. Why are we doing? Like, don't do that. Don't do that." Abu Bise, Abu Bise, get Abu Bise, get Jeremy Abu Bise. 
And we fucking took Abu Jalati first. And I so I have I have I have my uh and, and we'll we I'm not gonna do this on the podcast. I, I'm happy to chat with you offline about who I who I think who is the fucking leaker to fucking Ivis Galarsep, that dumb motherfucker who I mean he got it right. Good good on him for getting the scoop or whatever, but like oh, it fucked everything. Not getting Ebabise fucked everything because you get Ebabise, um you keep Ramirez and then you just let Ebabise develop and I don't know. We have yeah, cheaper, uh, cheaper domestic attacking cheap, talent. Cheap domestic, yeah, exactly. And but we went with Ambu Delati, and then we, and then, and then we, you know, we couldn't quit him. Brought him back. Brought him fucking back. So I don't know. It's a like a terrible, terrible thing. Most toxic ex that you just need to like scratch that itch. Oh, that's Adrian Heath for me. Yeah. Listen, I I have an ex-wife, and my my most toxic itch is Adrian Heath. So let's put it that way. I, I you had an ex-wife. Yeah, she's she's doing some lawyer shit down in Texas now. So I hope she's on the the right side of Texas. She is, which is it's, out of Texas. We we met at a, uh, a Roe v. Wade party. At the, oh, good. Uh, she's doing the Lord's yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly so but uh but yeah the uh yeah my most the itch that i want to scratch the most is what if we don't hire adrian heath and we pay uh the money for geo savarisi and we just have geo savarisi as our fucking manager so sometimes i like to think like what if we just okay if we have to keep heath fine but we disallow him from making any more um, roster changes or trades or acquisitions. He's no longer allowed to do that. If there's a committee that wants to vote on that, like with other people on it that are not Adrian Heath, let's allow it. But I'm trying to eliminate variables here, like a good troubleshooter. And he is not allowing, I mean, he's very, if we just keep giving him inches and inches and he takes miles and miles when he only really needs an inch anyway i just feel like this is a never-ending saga and i'm never gonna know what really would happen if i could eliminate more variables i think we should ask our guests since we have one and he actually is in more in the know which in is, regards to Mark Watson being like the official kind of general manager, I believe he has a, a title like sporting director or director of soccer or something like that. You know, between Mark Watson, Adrian Heath, uh, Am- Amos McGee, I guess I see those as the big three. Maybe Ian Fuller has some say in this, but as they make a lot of decisions re- regards to player acquisition and roster building, uh, how much he say does Heath get, or is that kind of beyond your experience? Uh, yeah, Mark Watson reports uh, to Adrian Heath. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I would say I would say Adrian has more say than 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 Mark Watson. Amos is is more of a 
of a scout uh, in the room as well. I think Manny also has a, a bit of a say, but that also changed in, was it 2019? Right. Went into, or excuse me, when Manny went into a different role, and that's when Adrian uh, kind of consolidated some more uh, power in the front office. Um, so, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult to try to find out, you know, who's the guy behind the acquisitions and sometimes who is the guy that, that did the scouting, who's the guy that went to bat for him. Um, but I think a lot of times it's, it's kind of, it's, it's Adrian, it's Mark uh, with, with Amos and Manny in the room as well. I've been fucking telling you guys this for years. You did believe me. No, I because <laughs> didn't believe me. No, no, I believed you that that's how it worked in reality. Just on paper, it seems that Mark. I'm Lawson, sure. I'm sure on paper it's different, but in fucking reality, on on paper it seemed like Adrian answers to Mark Watson on player acquisition. But like I'm like now you have Zeller and you both corroborating that no, like like the buck stops with Heath. Heath All right. makes. Let's this little piece of the program into an org chart for me. <laughs> it has their titles and their names, and they're in some sort of order, but who knows who's above whom? I, reader, I appreciate that your your insight. Uh, basically, Mark Watson makes decisions, but Keith Keith will get final say. Well, I mean, I don't like. I don't know if he gets final say. How that exactly goes down in the room, you know, with those guys and. And with Manny and with you know Bill and and Sherry on you know who makes the the exact final say, but I know that Mark reports to Adrian. So right. and then you know Manny's got his own kind of silo over here, and, and Amos is kind of underneath as well. So that's the way that it's been uh, for a couple of years now. Uh, there's a whole other conversation. Well, we'll we'll dive into that after the after the season's over. Uh, who's gonna win this game? MJ, who you got? Uh, Mr. United win, 2-1. Jess, who you got? I mean, I just, I have to do this. They win 1-0. We do. Us, and, the good guys. Andy, who you got? Uh, I don't want to get full hot takey, uh, but I think it's going to be a draw. I think full hot take would be 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, I think it'll probably be 1-1. One, one. Okay, we lose this game two to one. There you go. There's the real hot. What what one to two? Uh, it looks like this team has checked the fuck out. I'm sorry. So I, you, you know what, you know what, I am it has jarred me since the minute that it happened is that I think it was the second goal at Portland in the playoffs where they turned the ball over in midfield and nobody decided to check back. Nobody decided to help uh, stop that counter. Uh, that led to their second goal. And I just could not believe the fact that guys just stopped playing once they had a turnover in midfield. And right. you, you could see, you could see those issues uh, with the desire and a willingness uh, to make the, the type of plays that you need to uh, when your backs against the wall uh, on Saturday night. Um, and I kept thinking back to that goal in Portland when I watched Saturday. I, it, it'll be interesting to, to see because I, the Wonderwall will be there. We'll be full. I'm bringing both my kids. Um, I am planning to cheer and yell and scream and and uh, support the team as much as I possibly can. But I just don't trust this team. I mean, and that's that's a that's a really fucking terrible thing to say as a fan of a team is that 
I don't trust this team to do the thing that they should do because it's their fucking job, you know? So um, it's, it's really frustrating. Jobs they've been promoted into and don't deserve. So let's not make it a thing. That's true. Adrian Heath is a great example of that uh situation so did you guys see that it's going to be a, a blackout on saturday they're, they're trying i'm i'm wearing red on uh saturday and and you cannot put me in fucking black i'll be the one red spot in uh in the wonder wall on uh on, saturday, on sunday they want everybody to wear black in the wonder wall the entire stadium yeah the entire stadium they want why because it's uh menacing i guess yeah. Hmm. You know, the, the wild have these, you know, white out, red out, green out days where, you know, maybe you can't afford a wild t-shirt or a wild jersey, but you have something that matches the color. That, oh, know, it's inclusive. Like, 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 so, you know, this is the idea of it's in that spirit of like, hey, you know, all wear blue, or all wear black. Um, you're, you're giving the team way more credit, MJ, than they, they deserve. By the way, well, okay, I'll get your hot take. We're red to support the union. Damn it! Yeah, we're red. We've already and, had that. Uh, okay. Uh, well, so speaking of, we we didn't we did not mention this on the last podcast because uh, the vote happened after the union won their vote, mm-hmm. so they are unionizing. Um, they're now in the middle of negotiating with the team uh, for um, their contract, and so just. The, now it's the thing that's as someone who's been a union organizer in the past, like this is the, the not sexy time where people sort of like forget about the union, but should keep supporting the union um, because the team, like while they have to now officially recognize the union, they don't really want to, and they will try to fuck the union as much as they possibly can. So we should definitely try to keep the union in our mind. If, if they have uh, asked for, um the supporters and things like that please do those things um please reach out if you have questions or whatever uh to the ifc union or the um the Minnesota union twitter account actually might be might try and get uh one of the union dudes back on the podcast do a quick please. sort of like recap of what happened and then what we need uh, from us from the future so please uh, support the union and any union related stuff uh, we do have some questions for, for Andy MJ what do you got Bell and Callum asks why we must why must we continually suffer I'll take my answer off sobriety thanks um, I, I was talking with, with uh, a gopher fan uh, today um and they were wondering about you know what it's like to be a gopher football fan after you feel like you've got a good team and then they lose a game and i think it's just it's a collective thing right everybody's in this spot gopher football haven't won a championship in 56 years the vikings haven't been in the super bowl in 50 years nobody's won in this town in 30 years it's just kind of what we have to do what we have to suffer through except for the women except for the women absolutely yeah I, I am also a Gopher fan, uh, and so I, I I totally get it, and I totally understand. It's it's because we are Minnesotans. That's that's why. That's the reason. 
Uh, Bridget says cats discuss cats. I think we did that. I mean, uh, I mean, re readers can't. Yeah, we made, made an appearance on the pod. Yeah, yeah. So sure. Arthur, so, right? Arthur, yeah. I've got I've got four cats actually. I've got. A oh wow, oh, Andy, you're you're a four cat dude. Okay. Yeah. All right. What's okay? We need to. We just, I, so I'm. I was always a uh, two cat person. Yeah. And my wife was like, well, how about three cats? I'm like, well, I don't know. No, I don't really want three cats. And right. He's like, but we three cats. I'm like, yeah, but there's that's three cats. That's like multiple litter boxes. Right. Yeah. And then we had the two cats and, and one of our cats passed away shortly after uh, Clara was born. So about a year and a hey. half ago. And uh, I got a dog. And, and <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like I'm I'm kind of like I kind of want to be like a one or two cat person my, my entire life. How are you dealing with four cats? It's it was a slippery slope. You know, we had we had two dogs and we had two cats. Uh, my wife does a lot of uh, rescue work for a mm -hmm. uh, uh, cat rescue. So there was what we call a oopsie baby, uh, a rescue that globbed onto Jackie and formed a bond, and then we adopted that one. Um, and then one of our dogs passed away and one of the cats that we had as a rescue did the same thing as the, the oops baby did. Uh, so that's how we got to four is, you know, it was, my wife loves pets. We don't have any kids. So pets are in higher regard here because we don't have any, we don't have any kids. child. Oops. Yeah. Oops um, baby is how I had a second kid, by the way. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it was it was a concern of mine. I, I even wrote it into our wedding vows. We were going to have no new pets, uh, and my wife was like, "Oh, okay, no new pets. I'll just start fostering. They're not actually pets. Uh, we're just raising fosters." Yeah, well, you, you oh, left yourself open there. She was smart. As terms and conditions, brother. Loophole. Uh, yeah. Game Andy, uh, how many how many litter boxes do you need for your four cats? Um, I think we've got five litter boxes. Nice work. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, and having cats sit for multiple cats before, and I had a cousin who had eight cats, for example. Yeah. So like, but you need to have multiple litter boxes because otherwise they poke in other places. Yeah, for sure. You have to, <laughs> have to have multiple in different spots, different scenarios because yeah. Different scented litters. That too. Yep. Covered, uncovered. Yeah. You guys are insane. Literally, you, hey, all, you is, are all this insane. This is. I, I wish we had you know one or two cats and one or two dogs, but here we are with four cats and one dog. I mean, listen, I love cats. I and I'm also I'll be interviewing for a job uh, for a, a canine dog rescue organization in a couple days and so yes I, and i and i i grew up with dogs i love dogs as well but like four cats is, is bonkers man it's fucking bonkers. Uh, speaking of speaking of pets you see franco fragapane has his man of the match donation to the animal society. society in minnesota so that's yeah it's cool all right mj what do you got uh one last loons related question from me uh when you're in the press box this against Vancouver, you've been a part of Decision Days before. You've seen a lot of Loons games this season. What are going to be some indicators for you that Minnesota United 
even though they're not might we might not have any goals but what are some indicators for you that like hey things are going well or what would be an indicator that things aren't looking well for minnesota united yeah i think you know defensive shape obviously that's been such a problem as are they able are they getting stretched are they able to win one-on-ones in midfield are there you know kind of reckless silly challenges i think that's been a problem this season i think they've had they've had 10 guys yellow card accumulation obviously Kervin ariaga is going to be out so i mean they were they've tried to save and try to bring back robin lud where he's going to be i think is going to be interesting i think he's probably best uh in midfield just given no ariaga um so yeah i mean are you able to win in midfield i think that's been a problem when they've had two-man midfields they've gotten overrun a lot of times um and i think robin's going to probably if he's healthy uh you know he suffered a setback with his calf last week they wanted him this weekend um so yeah i think you know defensive shape and and winning in the midfield i think will be key all right well there you go you have it from the world's foremost uh loons reporter Fish Rep Factory Eastside, the Pioneer Press's own Andy Greeter at Andy Greeter on Twitter. Anything else you want to promote, Andy? Uh, I'm going to have a story about uh, the kit man this week, Ryan and oh, nice. Sean Bigness. Um, those two guys have been with the club for a long time, are integral in the fabric of, of who they are. Obviously, Sean Bigness has his ball catching thing before the game that has, uh, you know, a lot of interest and a lot of fans uh, behind him, but they're really the guys behind the guys that that are kind of the heart and soul of this team and this club. And I'm going to, you know, write about them here this week to set up uh Sunday. Very cool. All right. So, so buy a subscription to the pioneer press. Yeah. Get, get the paper it delivered to your front door. Um, listen, I'm, I'm an old, so I, I do kind of enjoy still getting a paper to my front door. So, you know, but, uh, but you can also just subscribe to digitally too, as well. If you want to read Andy's work, uh, he's also Andy Greeter on Twitter. Um, so yeah, so yeah, thank you, Andy, for for joining us. Really thank appreciate you, Andy. it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun, guys. Yeah, uh, please rate and review our podcast wherever you get it. Uh, at TDAKM and on Twitter, I'm at Texas Zeller at Texas Zeller. Sorry, uh, MJ's at MJ Matsui, and then Jess is at. Jessica one four four zero eight three niner two. That is uh that's been that's been the podcast, man. Um, thank you guys. Uh, love to see you all every day. So, um, big love. Then the Daves, I know. This. Yeah, the Daves, I know. Long as you do yours, land here, become free, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, y'all